Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. So let's settle in, take a deep breath together, and see what we can talk about today. Well, before we jump into our subject, I think I heard that you're going somewhere real soon. Yes, going to Paris with my daughter. What are you looking forward to? Oh, the baguettes, the pan au chocolat. (laughs) Smelling (laughs) perfumes and just spending time together. How Mm -hmm. fun is that? Now, y'all have been before. I mean, Yes, she was an au pair for a family, a couple of families there right after college. And so we're actually going back to visit one of the families, and we're really looking forward to seeing y'all. That is Mm -hmm. so exciting. Look forward to seeing pictures, that's for sure. Yes. Come back with lots of pictures. So today, we're going to revisit boundaries, and we're going to be a little bit more specific on age-appropriate boundaries. And I think this is going to be really helpful. But before we jump into the age-appropriate boundaries, let's just remember what we talked about. Another definition for boundaries is what? A property line. Yeah. Or or a deed. Yeah. And so we, within our boundary, our property line, we are in charge of our hearts, our minds, and our souls. That's Mm -hmm. what God has given us to rule over. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the many reasons we're talking about boundaries is because it parallels this idea of parenting that Mm -hmm. we're talking about, right? Along the way, you're helping your child develop their own personal boundaries. It's really a big part of understanding discipline and what discipline is. It helps us shift the way we look at what it means to discipline our child. So, you know, gradually as your child grows up, you're moving their fences, moving their property line, giving them more and more of a yard to take care of. Then at the end of 18 years, you're basically signing the deed over to them, and it is their responsibility. So to me, that just really illustrates this idea of parenting. We have the ownership, and then we're gradually giving it to them, and then we sign the papers, almost like home ownership. It's a delicate balance Mm -hmm. that along the way you're nurturing your child and providing these safe boundaries for them to develop their own personal boundaries. That's right. So here's the thing we always have to keep in mind. We're developing their boundaries, and our boundary in that is we don't take it personally. It's not about us. Yeah. Our boundary is to develop and nurture that in our child. So you're saying their behavior, whether they obey or they don't obey, we don't need to take that personal. That's a good, great example of it. And so when they experience conflict, internal conflict, from bumping up against a limit or Uh they experience a conflict. I mean, because if you think about boundaries, the way I like to look at it is we bump up against a boundary of some sort and that tells us we either need to develop some sort of way to handle that, manage Mm. the feelings that come up from bumping into that boundary, or need to learn a new skill Mm -hmm. or solve a problem. So when our child bumps up against that boundary, either through a behavior or an emotion, a feeling, a problem that's come along, some conflict, their conflict, internal or external, is not about us. And it's our job to help them handle that problem. Let's move a little bit further. There's three types of boundaries when we talk about children, and I love these. They're simplified because we've talked about all the different boundaries that, you know, if we break them down, there can be a lot of different boundaries. Uh, Physical boundaries, 
emotional boundaries and behavioral boundaries. The physical just means preventing harm. And then we can go on to the emotional boundaries are owning and respecting your own feelings, that we mm-hmm. help them handle the feelings that come up as mm-hmm. they go through the day. Or like you said, they bump into they bump <laughs> they into their big feelings or emotions, help them work through that. Yes. Yes, yes. And so and part of that is helping them learning to communicate their feelings. Yes. Healthy communication. In a healthy way. And then yes. the last one is behavioral boundaries. For us, communicating clear expectations to them and teaching that to them mm-hmm. so that they can follow through with hopefully obedience. And teaching them the what to do. Mm-hmm. Rather than focusing on stopping the behavior, whatever it is that we're trying to develop and nurture in a different way, rather than focus on stopping that behavior, focus on teaching them what is the appropriate behavior, mm. what is the expected behavior. That's great. So let's jump into birth to five months. Before we start, I wanted to say this quote that Cloud and Townsend had in their book, and we've showed y'all this book a couple of times, and it's, left alone, infants are terrorized by their aloneness and lack of internal structure. I think when I first heard it, it seemed a little of an overstatement, but when the more I thought about it, I don't think that it is. Infants really are unable to self-regulate. If they have a feeling, they're not going to be able to be thinking, okay, I feel sad, I feel alone. So they don't have that thought process going on to help them. They also don't have that awareness of space. So alone, they're disorganized, they need help co-regulating, they need help soothing, they need to be held closely. So alone would be terror situation for an infant. It could give them fear. Could give them fear. Make them afraid. Stress hormones pouring through their bodies. Yes. All of those things. Now, maybe that isn't an overstatement at all. Okay. So before we go into physical boundaries, let's talk about emotional boundaries like attachment. Well, it's really the key, that first relationship with the infant and the mother Mm -hmm. sets the tone and the model for all future relationships. Mm. So part of a healthy attachment, according to the studies and things that people have talked about, really is just that simple serve and return, that response of the mother to the child when they're experiencing distress, because that's when attachment is built. Attachment isn't built just through other types of interaction. I mean, it is, but the key part of attachment is built whenever the infant experiences distress and the mother responds in a timely manner, help the child out. I mean, that whenever they experience that and whenever that attachment signal turns off, it's like, oh, yes, my person took care of me. I'm I'm back to safety. I'm back to feeling calm. My world is good. That's when a child is free to learn and explore and grow and continue developing. And isn't that when the brain organizes itself socially, emotionally, intellectually, Mm -hmm. and physically. That's when all the development starts. So that's just Mm -hmm. a key piece to, uh, that's foundational. It develops, all of those skills develop within the context of that loving relationship. So let's go to the physical boundary, protection, protecting the child at this age. A lot of these are obvious, pretty basic examples, like using a high chair and safety mm-hmm. harnesses and all, all these types of things that are yeah, safety. Yeah. And the reason we focus on this is because you set the physical environment for your child. Yeah. That's the boundary that the parent has to take care of for the child. That's right. 
You are the boundary. You are the boundary. You are the the boundary for the child. You are the world for the child. That's right. That's right. And then swaddling. We didn't swaddle. Did you swaddle your baby? We didn't. They came home swaddled from the hospital, but I could never figure out how to do it. So so they (laughs) did it. But I do love the idea of swaddling. Mm -hmm. And I I do do know how cozy I love feeling wrapped up. I sleep with a heavy blanket. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they make weighted blankets for people who feel anxious. So there is something about that sensation. I have a weighted blanket and I I use it every now and then, and I wouldn't say I'm real anxious, but it just feels it's so great. It's calming. Yes. It really is calming to have that pressure from mm-hmm. outside on yourself. And so whether it's because it gives us, I think they call it proprioceptive for that sensory experience, uh-huh. It's it just feels calming and safe. So yes, for your baby, swaddling must be a wonderful thing to do for your your young infant. <laughs> but not necessary. But, yes. And once they start turning over, it's probably not safe to continue. Yeah. Use the, the sack, the sleep sacks. And I want to hang out a little bit longer. We talked about attachment and we talked about responding to a child when they're in distress. And so I just want to say, and this is just me talking, I don't really like letting children cry it out when they're sleeping in their bed. I think that's a big part of attachment and that you're checking in with a child when they're in distress and calming them and helping them soothe and go back to sleep. For me, sometimes the whole crying it out thing just wires their brain to continue the fear that we talked about mm-hmm. or the terror or the sense of who am I, where am I, what, where are my people, where, what's going on? Mm. And so for me, I do not recommend letting your infant cry it out. I did read a little bit about infant depression, Mm -hmm. that if no one checks on them and they're just left there alone, that they Mm -hmm. can just go into themselves and just like an adult, just feel isolated and alone and become depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, that's very interesting. I've never, ever heard that before. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't have a child Mm -hmm. that never cries. Yeah. Yeah. A child is going to cry. Yes. And so, but pick them up and pat them or hold them or snuggle them and try to comfort them. And we could do a whole episode on how to help your child sleep through the night. You know, if you all listeners would like to have an episode like that, yeah, send us a let note. Let us know. Yeah, let, let us know because we will do an episode on that very topic. That's itself. right. So let's move on to five months to 10 months. This is called the hatching phase. This is a great phase too, exciting. Mm-hmm. Although I must say that I loved every phase with my kids. Me too. But this one was learning that mom and I aren't the same. Yeah. And I, I think it's one of, I mean, I'm like you, all all phases have been my favorite from my 24-year-old to my 27-year-old mm. still. I mean, I just enjoy every every stage with them. It is fun. The five to 10 months too, one thing I like about it, infants are discovering that they are not the same person as it, their primary caregiver, as their mom. Like, wait a minute, you're a you and I'm a me? <laughs> And yeah. that's, it's so new. And you see the little toddler, you know, they're starting to toddle off a little bit and they turn around and look at you. Yep, she's still there. Uh-huh. And so I think that's that's just a wonderful moment yes. in their development. And a physical boundary is like we talked about at the um, infant to five months. There's just some basic, obvious things. Plug covers on unused electric outlets, a block off stairs with small gates or fences across them, locked doors to hazardous areas such as garage bathrooms or basements, keep kitchen appliances and irons and heaters away. You know, this was a good one that I thought was a wise thing to think about. Turn handles on pots and pans toward the back of the stove, you know, just because you never know where they're going to be, but you should be keeping an eye on them and uh, 
this last one, encourage toddlers to sit and eat and chew their food completely. Oh, yeah, that would be a tough one to make mm-hmm. sure that your toddlers chew at everything. Yeah, and so what you've given us is just a list, and it's not an exhaustive list, Mm-mm, but it's things no. to think about in keeping this with this idea of boundaries and physical lines that we're creating an area for the child to explore. Right. So we want that area to be safe for them to explore freely. If you can kind of think about that, what are the boundaries? Where's their, I'm Where's not, their line? Yeah. I may not give them the entire house, a five to 10 month old, the entire house to explore. <laughs> Please you know? don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, they can't so, go that far anyway. Right. So, so wherever it is I want them to do, I want, I want to mm-hmm. define that area for them That's and right. make sure that it's safe and that they're free to explore it that way. Okay. So now let's go on to emotional boundaries. This will be when they attempt to make separation and encourage that separation. Encourage them to enjoy new objects and new people. Yes. You know, if they want to go to somebody, encourage them, or even if they're kind of hesitant. I love to do group hugs. You know, Mm -hmm. oh, let's group hug. They are encouraged to engage with new people. And if they have trouble separating or they're starting to cry whenever someone helps, soothe them. Help them soothe in that moment. Breathe for them, calm them, and let them try again. Or sit down next to that person and just start a conversation and let them touch that person or you touch that person Mm -hmm. and touch them. Just let them know that it's safe. You're teaching them what a boundary looks like or teaching them how safe that person is. Just encourage that. Just always enjoy their fascination with their interests and new things and new relations. Continue being there for their sense of belonging and security, but look to other adults to fulfill your closeness needs, not your child. So let's talk about the word no at this age. At this age, a child really won't always understand or respond to the word no. But they're going to be doing things that you don't want them to do, correct? Right, right. So how would you say people should approach this. Teach them along the way. I would redirect them. It's not that you should never say no. Okay. That's not the point here. You can say no. Saying stop is helpful to help children learn impulse control because they're not going to have it at that age. We're just helping them learn it at this age. But redirecting them to something else would be much more effective. So So if I'm crawling over to the outlet saying no is not really going to gain me any ground other than just know, know what. Yeah. The infant has no idea what. It's much more effective to redirect them to another activity and then also teach them that the outlet, no, this is not safe. Yes. Stop. So you don't think they're disobeying you? No. (laughs) No, not at all. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, they don't have that ability to obey or not obey at that time. Yeah. So the point here is that at 10 months, they don't have the ability to understand or respond appropriately to mm-hmm. the word no. It was picking up, redirecting, and starting verbal skills of your own even saying, we want to. We, you want to mm-hmm. start telling them using good verbal skills on what you want them to do. Yeah. Since you brought up verbal skills, it is so important. Their receptive language is so much greater than the language that they speak at this time. So oh. everything you say about everything they're interacting with or looking at or doing, all the language you provide is building their vocabulary. It's building their own language then for later ages. And all of that, and you can listen to an earlier episode we did about this, all of that is linked to reading comprehension all the way up to 
adult ages. So this language that we're talking about, even though they're infants, I know we're talking about 10 months right now, but let's go on back to that earlier stage. Expressive language and narrative language is only beneficial to them. I'm so glad you brought that up because we had talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And I know with my kids, I just talked all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going over here. We're walking over here. I'm going to go do the laundry. Yeah, let's go over here. I mean, I was just always verbal with them, looked at their eyes like I was talking directly to them. That's so important. Okay, so now we're going to go from 10 months to 18 months. And this is another exciting Mm -hmm. age, and this would be called the practicing stage. They want to experience and practice everything. They start walking, discovering the world in front of them. Yeah, so how do you want to start this section, this exciting section? I think that we're teaching them a lot. Like you're saying here, this is when we start teaching them the really the what to do's. So they will understand the word no, but they still may lack the self-control necessary to follow through with that. So it's, this is a, like you're saying, this is a huge practice time. Teach them what to do. We want to practice what to do. And we want to notice when they're doing the things that we're teaching and practicing. Allowing the no muscle to begin developing is crucial at this age. We want to start letting children say no in certain circumstances. Yes. So if you're tickling a child and the child says, no, stop, we want to stop and respond to the child's request. Yes, and this is so important. You know, when they say stop or they say no, they're developing their personal boundaries. They don't know it consciously, but they're testing, are people going to withdraw from me or people are going to agree and go with the boundary that I've set? And this is teaching them for later in life. I mean, think of a little girl, her physical boundaries later on. Is she going to feel comfortable telling somebody no or getting into an abusive situation and saying no? So this is very important to respect even a little 10-month, 18-month-old boy or girl's boundaries. Yes, and you pointed out in one of the first episodes of the Boundary series that the future is now. Yeah. And so that's a good example of how the future is now. So let's teach our children. They do have a voice to say no. So let's talk about no. We talked a little bit about it in the last phase, but now they're older. Are they disobeying in this stage? I still continue to look at it as needing more practice, needing more direction, needing more support. Mm-hmm. You know, practice was a big, big deal at our home. And uh, stop was very important for our kids. And uh, just a little quick story, and I think I've shared it uh, in the podcast before, but uh, first we would practice in the living room, you know, come here when they came with, oh, that's that's perfect. That's what you did, right? When we asked you, you came. And then, we, you know, all the little games you can play too, but we would, you know, they'd be walking and would say, stop. And if they stopped, yes, that's exactly, that's exactly how you're supposed to do it. And then, no, 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 stop. The story is we lived on a busy street and Courtney was, oh, maybe three years old, two and a half, three, and she was running out towards the street and a big truck was coming. And I screamed, stop. And thank you, Lord, she stopped and turned around and looked at me. And if she wouldn't have obeyed that stop, she would have gotten hit by the truck. And so the importance of practicing 
and your child knowing your voice and stopping when you say, and I can't overemphasize the practice. Or if you're somewhere and they don't do it, when you get in the car with them, go, okay, so what just happened in there? When mommy said stop, did you do it? Okay, so let's talk about it. And and I think it's good to point out, since we're talking about the boundaries, is that obviously if you have a zero to even 10-month-old, you're probably carrying them, they're in a stroller, you've created the physical boundary when you're walking across the parking lot. So now let's say you have an 18-month or 2-year-old and you're starting to let them walk across the parking lot. Maybe mm-hmm. you have another child in a stroller now yes. or you're, you know, you're pushing something. You've, just, you've chosen to let them walk beside you for whatever reason. It may be that that was too much of, of a property line enlargement for that child. Mm-hmm. And so when they run through the parking lot, when the two-year-old runs across the parking lot, I don't look at that as they were being disobedient. I look at that as their property line was made too big for them. It is the adult's responsibility. That part of the boundary was still yours. And so holding their hand, problem-solving that a little differently that that might have been too much for them. Yeah, making the boundaries smaller. Mm -hmm. That child might have gotten, um, what's the word? Um, Distracted. Distracted, thank you very much. The the child might have gotten distracted. They couldn't handle that amount of time without distractions. Toddlers' brains are so highly distractible, and it's because they're learning. Their brain is making so many firings and new connections all day long. And so their brain is always going, do I need to know about that? Do I need to know about that? Do I need to know about this? So they're highly distractible. Yes. And so, so you, giving them too much of a boundary, as you point out there, that's... Yeah. So you need to know your child. Two of my children out of the four were very high focused children. They could stay focused for a long time. I could have walked across the parking lot with them and that would have not been a problem. But the other two would have gotten distracted pretty easily. Mm -hmm. So you need to know your children. And if they do get distracted, like you've said, just pull in the boundary. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you think about toddlers and two-year-olds, especially when they're playing alongside another, a friend, they're typically what they call parallel playing, right? Mm -hmm. One's playing with blocks and the other one's playing with blocks. So I'm not really interacting with the other child over the blocks. What's mine is mine. And what's yours is mine. <laughs> and that's the way a toddler looks at the world. That's right. It's that's all right. about them. So if you think about it, to get really specific, some of the teaching of these relational boundaries we're teaching is play, teaching the child to ask to play with another child, teaching the child to ask for a turn. Turn, please. I've even seen um, moms teaching their children sign language. Now, I didn't know sign language, so I didn't do that. But even just the simple putting out their hand and holding the palm face up is a symbol to the other child to give a turn and put the toy in their hand. And they often will just do it because the hand is sticking out in front of them. So teaching those little bitty, what we think are obvious skills, Mm -hmm. our toddlers don't know those things. Yeah, my granddaughters know little signs. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love it. I love that they know those things. It helps them communicate. Any kind of way you can help them communicate instead of maybe becoming angry, that communication really, really helps them. Yeah. So so. let's say I'm a toddler and I took your block (laughs) and you leaned over and bit me. (laughs) That wouldn't be a good thing. You know, the way to narrate that is to you would be to see Leslie's face. Leslie's face is saying she didn't like that. (laughs) When you Uh want to turn, turn. Let's practice. Yeah, let's practice that. So it's that rich language, just narrating those interactions that are helping them learn those relational boundaries. Mm -hmm. This takes time. 
Yes. And it takes concentration. Stay focused. It's tough sometimes. It's hard. So it you is. need to be rested and you need to take care of yourself to be able to do this. Yes. <laughs> take naps yes. when they take naps. <laughs> We can think about boundaries as our child's property lines. And it's really important to stay really attuned to your child and their needs and know when they're ready for the next step. And you might give them a little bit of a yard and find out mm, they weren't quite ready to do that yet. And so you just start over. It's a wonderful opportunity to just nurture your child and enjoy watching them grow. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to watch them grow and direct them and provide boundaries for them. So Lord, just direct us and help us keep healthy boundaries ourselves. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at themindofachildpod. Or you can email us at themindofachildpodcast at gmail.com.